Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 136th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica. I'm your not so humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today, the cheese supreme Doritos to my Kraft French onion dip. Miss Ali Harder can be found at Miss Ali Hard, and Salim Abraham, who can be found at Salim TD. What is going on, you crunchy snacks? I didn't, what did you just say? I don't know. Doritos <laughs> and French that. onion? It is It is the flavor sensation. You wait. Next time you go to the shops, get some cheese supreme Doritos. And if they still do the craft French onion dip, not the light version, the full strength, get that. If they don't, get the Zoosh French onion dip. Combine those two together and you're having a party. That sounds... That's cheese on cheese. It's, it? it's one of my favorite things to eat in the entire world. There's a level of thought you put on your snacks that I will never apply to it. Yeah. <laughs> Was it a I'll happy just look at the bags of chips. I won't even think of dip. I'll just get the chips. I don't usually think dip, but like with this combination, like trust me, next time you're at the IGA, the Coles, the Woolies, whatever, Kraft or Zhuzh French onion dip and cheese supreme Doritos, take it home, crack them open. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> I'm disgusted, honestly. They're so good. <laughs> uh, maybe someone can confirm. Someone other than you, Brendan. I need a third party to come in, evaluate your decision, and decide whether or not you're certifiably a madman. This is like the 2019 steamed buns. Steam buns. Steam buns were good. That I'll stand I know, by. Steam that buns. got that got cleared, unfortunately, at the arse end of 2018. But I'm still not happy about. By several people. By yeah. several people. Hmm. Mm. I'll still have to try it, but I just don't want to be the pretentious dick to walk up and go, quarter pounder, please. Oh, yes, and please, steam my bun. Actually, I shouldn't say that to a person behind the counter. <laughs> steam my bun. <laughs> <laughs> steam the bun. You sit there thinking like poor old Timmy behind the counter is like, oh, God damn it, another one of these corporate fat cats in here requesting a steam bun. I'm sure oh, they I really don't give a shit. Didn't sound like I was talking about food, to be completely honest. Um... Hence why I was like a bit pushed back. Maybe I won't order this. I'm going to really make... I'm going to get a lawsuit on me or someone's going to call HR. I remember working at McDonald's behind the counter and taking orders from people and they would modify their order in crazy ways. And in the back of my mind, I was like, dude, this is fucking McDonald's. Like you're treating this like this is a five-star dining experience. Just take the, the quarter pound up. Take the gherkin off yourself, you know. Don't waste my time here. Hopefully you've got a friend nearby that absolutely loves them and then you can pass them on to them. Hello. Mm. Mm. I was always trying Mm. to pawn off my gherkins or pickles. Can't stand those things. Just give me cucumber. There we go. See? It works out. See, when we go to McDonald's next, I will order your burger with the steam bun and you can have my pickle. So we're not going to flick it on the roof? (laughs) We can try. We all heard it. Hey, Mm. Uh, God damn it. So anyway, seriously, cheese supreme Doritos, French onion dip, it's the best. I don't steer anyone wrong with foods, trust me. I don't know much, but I know my snacks, all right? So just trust me on this. I will have to try it now. I'm just curious. Mm. If anyone else out there tries it, let us know. You know what I'm curious about? Mm. Many things, but in this instance, what have you guys been playing this week or doing? Tell me the things. It's been a disastrous week for Australia in regards to uh, the temperature-wise. Um, it made world news, so I'm sure wherever you are listening to this, you've probably heard about the uh, hell storm that was Australia. Um, so it was actually quite difficult to kind of get yourself in the mood to just sit down and play some games. I I am in a heat box, to be honest, so <laughs> it's hard for me to sit down and play a game. So I've actually had minimal downtime. I don't know about you guys. I Yeah, I had almost... Um... Not almost no free time, but just no gaming time. Um, but uh, yeah, I have to say, 
uh, it has been incredibly fucking hot. Like South Australia was 47 and a half degrees, broke a new record. That was their hottest day in history or something, wasn't it? Yeah, 47 and a half degrees in, in South Australia, Whoa. which those poor guys, Melbourne, were, Melbourne businesses were being advised uh, to reduce their power consumption to avoid blackouts. <laughs> <laughs> like shit's real, shit's real. Um, I guess uh, to answer your question a little more accurately, Brendan, on the gaming doing side of things, um, I've been watching a lot of movies. So this week I had to watch Glass because I was on an episode of Forever Movie Boys where we talked about Glass. And I hated Glass. Spoiler alert. I absolutely hated it. Mm -hmm. It sucks. Yeah, I don't see how this is going to be a good movie, honestly. It's really bad. I loved Unbreakable and I really liked Split as well. And... You, you kind of hope that like with all the time that's passed between Unbreakable and Split, and then I think it's been three years since Split, that this would be a good film. But, but no. it's just, no, it's really not. It's not great. With, without spoiling, what's, what's your main bugbears? Like if you were to sort of give us a conclusion of how you got to, you really hate this movie, um, why? M. Night Shyamalan doesn't understand pacing, doesn't understand people. Just doesn't know how people interact. Like, I think he's an alien. I don't think he understands actually what people say when they talk to each other, like just in general conversation. His dialogue's just woeful. And he's also, um, Marche pointed this out to me after some very fierce debate in the, um, in the episode the other day. He's very meta and he's like, I just feel like he's a slave to his plot twists and like the twists suck. And they just redefine the whole film as well. So you kind of watch this shit film, really poor film for, you know, it's two hours and eight minutes. I almost walked out halfway and just thought, you know what? I'll just guess what happens for the next hour on the podcast You'd probably nail tomorrow. it too. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably be pretty close. Um, yeah, for the first hour and 45 minutes, you watch this film, then the twists start kicking in and it re um, it puts a different perspective on that first hour and 45 minutes. But it's like, yeah, but I just sat through that and it mm. sucked. And yeah, sure, now I see it with a different lens, but it still sucks. Um, it's it's so like he's sort of not caring for your time. No, it's more that he cares about his own message and ego than um, actually telling a story that people want to listen to. And also it's like, I don't even think he's read a comic book. Like the way, the way that his characters talk about comics and comic books, which is very pertinent to the storyline. I'm like, has this guy ever read a fucking comic book? <laughs> like he doesn't understand. Again, I, I just don't think he understands people. So what, um, when, when I think was that's the last pretty, time he was relevant. Oh, uh, Split was pretty good. Split was great. Um, I didn't like Split that much. It was okay, but it wasn't. I really liked it. I, I thought it was great. It was, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great little film think, about two people dealing with abuse. Well, what? Yeah. So I don't know. Do we really want to unpack it? No, no. This it's is not two, the show. It's two people. It's like, um, it's the split character played by McAvoy. And then I forget the girl. Her name's like Anya. Um, they're both like survivors of abuse. And um, by the end of the film, they both kind of overcome it in their own way. But yeah, it's, you know, it's crazy because he's got 23 personalities and she's a a hostage but in the, the situation the, it's the it's the ultimate strength climbing up wall thing that got me is like yeah yeah i like the whole personality thing but i don't like that all of a sudden supernatural I, shit i i kind of like that because that whole film for me you're kind of guessing um like what the hell's gonna happen and then that happens and you're like oh my god this is actually like <laughs> sorry Brendan, we'll <laughs> there's actually something movies, here it? <laughs> yeah this is, sorry i don't mean to dive into this too hard i don't, um, I don't mind like I don't, I don't know. He's just like, he obviously exploded onto the scene with sort of the sixth sense and maybe sort of signs kept him around a little bit. But after that, he sort of tapered off for me. Yeah. Like yeah. the, the village, which got a lot of praise from people. I just thought it was a dud of a film, The Village. Yeah, that's that's pretty hit or miss. Hey. Anyway, if you if you want to hear more about me bagging glass and putting a case forward as to why M. Night Shyamalan's a psychopath um, go and listen to the latest episode of Forever Movie Boys um, which is on the 8-Bit Network hashtag 8-Bit Collective booyah company um, man I also watch Polar is it good? Yeah, you- I haven't watched it yet but I really want to but I've heard it's kind of crap too <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, it, um, 
it's it's not horrible. Like, uh, it's it's weird. I'm looking at the score. It's got like nine out of ten on IMDb and twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like it's completely <laughs> off scale. IMDb um, is not the best place. But... Me- Metacritic will give yeah. you the balance. I I think Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is probably closer to the truth. But um, I didn't I didn't hate it. Um, it's very like Smoke and Aces. In <gasps> well, I'm gonna its... watch it now. Yeah, and it's got Mads Mikkelsen, and and I didn't realize, but Vanessa Hudgens was in there. I didn't know that she was going to be in there. Mm. And Catherine um, Winnick's in it too, isn't she? Lagatha from Vikings. Is she? Is she? I'm pretty sure she is. Now I'm trying to remember. So the the thing about this film is there's a lot of crazy costumes and makeup and wigs and stuff. So possibly, um, it's not bad. It it it's funny in that it like ramps up the violence in the third act. Like from the start of the third act, it really ramps up the violence, and it already kind of is a gratuitously violent film for the first two. So I'm sold. That was fun, I guess. Seeing Mads Mikkelsen like John Wick the shit out of people was kind of fun. Not quite as you know, he's, he's an old guy now, so he's not kind of doing Krav Maga or whatever the hell John Wick does. But um, but it's still quite good. It's just a little too over the top, I think. That's all. I love Mads Mikkelsen. Um, I love him. Yeah, I me like too. I'll forgive aces. anything he's in. Mm. He's so underrated too. He's got like a good comedic delivery. Like if if they give him some comedy and some lighthearted stuff, he's really really good in that space. I find, but he doesn't get that opportunity enough in pretty much the majority of the things he plays because he's usually yeah, just I, the bad, you know, European <laughs> uh, antagonist all the time. Yeah, I I think that um, where. <clears throat> excuse me i think that where polo is really good is in the um moments with him and vanessa hudgens where they do kind of get to have um really quiet two-handed sort of scenes which are funny um there are some funny moments in this there's um a great scene with the dog which completely like blew me away he he ends up adopting a dog and i'm like oh is this john wick like what am i watching um quite early on and then in the next scene something amazing happens to this dog um and it's just it's it's kind of funny it's kind of fucked up but it's kind of funny it becomes anyway, a character I'll... in the old glass multiverse it's a super yeah. dog <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan comes in Full another bad thing about glass M. Night Shyamalan can't act and he there's like a really bad scene with him in there where he thinks he can and it's just so obvious like I just oh. anyway don't watch glass do watch polar it's on Netflix okay I'll give it a look because I, I nearly watched it yesterday but then I'm like Ugh, I'm yeah. just gonna go play some games <laughs> yeah on the on the gaming front nothing um new this week to report very much the same old i'm, I'm just very addicted to magic right now it's actually really sad mm. and it's just a game that i can pick up when i'm getting home at like 10 30 and i just want an hour to de-stress um and not think so i play a complicated trading card game <laughs> anyway uh that's me for the week sorry for chewing you off for chewing you off it sounds sexy. For 12 minutes? For 12 minutes about movies? Sorry, HR guys. is going to get flooded. Um, <laughs> uh, might, might get gushed, you could say. <laughs> Can we... Could, I think this is an appropriate time to um, point everyone towards the Today Show conversation about racism or a conversation about races at the Australian Open. It's a very awkward conversation about the ethnicities of people. Go and check it out. Go, Australia. Anyway. I, it's it's terrible it's a terrible cringy it's 20 seconds or whatever it is it's yeah it's not great i love seeing i love seeing um live television stuff ups like that samantha armitage has a bunch of them mm. anyway speaking of stuff ups i didn't get to play anthem uh this weekend because of the debacle of the vip demo you uh, are not the only one no <laughs> Um, I know a lot of people probably like, yeah, you had to persist with it. You had to keep going. But yeah, as I said, my ass was sweating in fucking 45 degree heat. I am not going to sit in front of my computer, keep on pressing reload to hope and pray and get into the game. So um, imagine how hot and sweaty you'd be in one of those javelin suits in that weather. So oh, it's God. just impractical to play Anthem mm. right now with the climate. So oh, it's mm. absolutely ridiculous. Mm. I feel sorry for all the Australian streamers that, you know, really went on the forefront and I uh, wanted to preview at like straight on time, like when they dropped the demo. Um, yeah, uh, Xbox people didn't get a hold of it most of the day. Um, and PC and play- PlayStation people continually dropped out, weren't able to load into the games, like weren't able to, 
you know, pick up where they left off. It's riddled with issues. Um, mm. it also, like, so what I did do is, as any decent person does, is uh, watch someone else try and deal with that pressure and that stress. <laughs> um, and then watch their gameplay. And no risk or reward. No, I love it. no, my ass sat in front of an air conditioner and just watched um someone else struggle. Um, and the game looks beautiful. I give it that. It's a good looking game. Um, it's hard to say exactly how much you'll like it when you're watching a lot of um, like re- repeat gameplay. Uh, I'm not sold on it. I don't think yet. I'm really sold on it. Like everyone's saying, it's a Destiny killer or you know, that a lot of people from Destiny will see themselves going over to that, but yeah. I don't see the connection. Um, very clunky as well, but that could also be due to a lot of rubber, rubber banding that people were experiencing when they were playing, you know, on faulty servers. Yeah, those servers hit capacity pretty quick once that demo sort of opened up. They didn't really gate it off into sections like they do with, say, like Red Dead Online. Um, for most recent example, they just went, hey, floodgates are open. Everyone, come on in. And then the server just went, oh, fuck, what yeah. are we doing here? It was really perplexing for a VIP demo where, where I don't know how many like people were like promoting that they could give out codes on my Twitter feed and on like Twitch streams and all this sort of stuff. Like Everyone was handing out codes to the demo like friggin' mm. Christmas. So there was some Oprah Winfrey action right oh, there. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, they were just everywhere. You turn around, you get hit in the face with anthem codes. It was just inescapable the last mm. couple of days. It's still running. Mm. Um, at time of recording, it's still going for another what twenty four, thirty six hours, something like that. Yeah, I think. It's, and then <clears throat> the um, open demo is going to start as well for everyone. Which is, I'm sorry, that was essentially an open demo anyway. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of ticked though because a lot of um, people pre-ordered the game to get access to this demo. So um, I guess in a sense, some people did put money down just so they could access this. So Mm. I put money down to access it, but I am yet to play it because I've been too busy playing other games, but I will play Anthem at some stage today and report back on next episode. Yeah. I'll I'll see if I can get myself into a game, a game, (laughs) just one. Good old game. Good old game. Um, apart from that, speaking of Destiny, just hopped on Destiny. It's actually been a hiatus. I just want to let everyone know before they start bitching about me. It's always talking about Destiny. I haven't played it in a month. The uh, last thing I did was baked cookies. Um, and then I In Destiny? Played... Yeah, you baked cookies for the like Christmas event. It was, oh, uh, it was spectacular. I loved it. How festive. It was. It was great. Uh, but then after that, I just didn't return for like a solid probably month. Uh, came back, played some PvP, got my ass handed to me by guns that i've never seen before and then proceeded to turn it off and play city skylines mm-hmm. um which is you know your, your city builder um, game and um by golly i don't understand why i love these games um but order structure um uh, making people's lives both perfect and hell at the same time it's great i mm-hmm. like being god yeah that's that's almost like your bio you, you could read something like that on like a resume or if you ever wrote a book and it'd be like a little blurb about you just that sort of statement you just said then that sort of embodies you pretty well just the end bit as well where i said i like being god yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so but that's all that i could actually mingle out of myself i think i played a bit of diablo on the switch um p.s leveling up on diablo is not bad so i think you'll be fine brendan Uh, did i say ds i meant the switch um um, I think you said Switch. I don't know what I said. But yeah, yeah maybe, Diablo. Maybe I'm not listening. I'm already mm. level like 18, 19. What did you say you wanted to do, Brendan? 30? 35, I think. Yeah, I think you'd be fine. That's nice. only with a few hours of gameplay anyway. That's Yeah, that's going to be like less than 20 hours, right, Ali? Mm, I think so. I really don't think it'd be that going to be bad. less than 20 hours. Mm. Yeah, to hit that Tekken rank though, Brendan, way more than 20 <laughs> oh, hours. Oh, I forgot about that but, one. But, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. We'll montage the shit out of it. Yeah. Kevin Rocky had a montage. Do you have Tekken, Brendan? Don't think so. I'll okay. get it though. I'll get it. All right. What do I need to we'll get on PlayStation? PlayStation. Yeah, okay. definitely get it. I think it. No, get it on PlayStation. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I can do that. What else? What have you been playing? I know you've been playing oh, something. Yeah. RE2. Here we go. I won't even talk about any more Assassin's Creed Odyssey today, but that's just been my little 
my little escapist game when i've got not much to do i jump on do some end game content seriously i harp on it nearly every week at the moment but go pick that game up it's cheap as chips at the moment and it's so much to do it's so pretty but the other game that i have been playing the absolute buggeries out of is the resident evil 2 remake uh, which i can now talk about free of ndas uh, there is a video review up on the youtube.com forward slash we are 8-bit channel if you want to check that out runs in it just under six minutes or so it gives you my impressions and feelings on that all spoiler free so you can watch and listen along to that one without fear of story getting spoiled for you but boy howdy is this game perfection um incredible at least for me at least for for my personal feelings um resident evil fanboy here resident evil 2 one of the best games ever played the original back in 1998 so on and so forth but god this remake is done so well um capcom and whoever was like the team behind it at capcom that put this together you can sort of see that the care and the heart and soul they put into this it wasn't just a a a refresh on the graphics and and left it as is you know they modernized bits and pieces changed some of the puzzles slightly to make a little bit more uh fun and interactive the story changed ever so slightly in certain parts the boss battles are great and dialed up a little bit more it's it's everything you could want um as you guys have probably seen on on the internets it's it's getting pretty damn universal praise uh from just about every outlet as far as review scores and execution and things like that goes um i am nearly 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 finished my third playthrough of this game um and and that's so i can unlock the the sort of end end game stuff where there's sort of uh you can play as hunk and tofu in some other other sort of survival modes so after you finish the respective games for leon and claire you can do um a a second playthrough as they say and there's some slight changes to some of the uh story and and some of the the outcomes in the game so there is a little bit of incentive to replay through and you can um, finish at certain time time spans and get new weapons but oh my god it's so fun it's so fun um yeah i love it dream are you still thinking about maybe picking it up um yeah yeah i don't know people like it everyone seems to like it no one's complaining about it (laughs) i um i'm trying to work out and this ties into a bit of a an ign related news story um from this week but i'm trying to work out what the difference in playing it through twice does aside from like giving you perspective of a different character is it like a different ending or yeah yeah so so, so the way it's written, obviously, you can play as Leon or Claire, um, yeah. and, they, and they've got their own sort of capsulated <laughs> stories. Uh, hold on, Claire, is this the same Claire that neither Ali or I guessed last week? This is, is this the same Claire, Claire Redfield. Yay! There we go. Yeah, yeah. There we I'm go. Learning. I adapt. Originally known as Elsa Walker before they uh, made her story more relatable and tied in with Chris Redfield, as as we learned last week. She's got a black leather jacket, likes riding motorbikes, Nintendo's Character of the Year 1998. Mm. What other obscure it's actually, facts? It's actually like Hero a maroon, maroon jacket. But you're oh, close. right, okay. Okay, close. anyway, learning. But yeah, so so you've got the, the two experiences. Claire, uh, you, you sort of... Uh, weave your story in with with sherry birkin a a young girl that you've got to try and save from the nightmares of of raccoon city and all that kind of hullabaloo and then on the other side leon his story weaves in with ada wong who's like a an investigator with a little bit of another story attached to it and and she's obviously an adult Uh, so you sort of take some time and and do little mini playthroughs with them in in certain areas as well where sherry uh you're trying to get her to um you know, avoid some bad stuff and, and Ada's doing some investigations. So you sort of get a second to jump out of the main characters and into these sort of ancillary characters for a little bit. You see different parts of, of the world, some different boss battles, uh, different end results as far as the how the story ends. But it, like they're on they're on sort of um, sort of parallel paths, but they sort of just diverge and fork off here and there for a, at okay. a couple of junctures. So it is worth playing both because you do and get a different j- experience jump scares out of five yeah probably at, at least a four out of five i reckon oh, um wow. it wasn't like i was sitting there clutching my chest the entirety of the time but <laughs> um at least in probably the first two acts 
for both playthroughs, you're, I think I found myself a lot more on edge because you're sort of a little bit un, undermanned as far as weaponry goes or you're light on ammo. But in that third act, for both for both playthroughs, I found ammo was in you know not short supply at all and you could you can build your own um ammo reserves now as well so by the end of it i i could use sort of the heavy weapons just about on everything where in the early stages it's like every pistol round counts because i'm so low and oh shit my knife's broken so you're constantly sort of ducking away but at the end you can just sort of stand and deliver so um but it's really good it's so good um graphically it looks fantastic graphically it looks amazing Mm, it is gorgeous and the enemies are creepy as shit um just being able to sort of incapacitate enemies especially zombies where you can sort of shoot their legs out or shoot their arms off so they can't grab you to make it easier to get around them or the the sort of cheese tactic i I ended up working with most of the zombies i'd shoot them in the kneecaps make them drop to the ground then just run over and then just shiv them to death like 20 times until they died (laughs) just to conserve ammo so that that was my sort of tactic to to avoid the undead but liquors and things it's just yeah you gotta you gotta fight or flight with them guys because they cut you up quick as a whim but it's so good cool it really is everything i could hope for um they they executed this thing brilliantly and, and stuck the landing like it's yeah i i can't say enough positive things about this game so are they yeah, gonna start redoing the other series like the other games hmm wouldn't surprise me like i haven't seen any sales figures or whatnot because you know the game's only been out for what two days um as we record this but mm. i think if it sells well i wouldn't surprise me to see like a, a nemesis remake or maybe an re4 remake down the line as well yeah. um i want to see that re5 remake <laughs> <laughs> now with more racism yeah. in 4k <laughs> I'd like to see how they dodge all of that. It'd be like what Zelda did where they made Ganondorf like green later on um, just to avoid. I think it was like before it was like very anti-Semitic Ganondorf and then they just kind of greened him up afterwards. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Sounds about right. Real but fact, it's, real fact. It's so good. Um, mm. I, I don't know if sort of my my praise and, and talking on this podcast is doing it enough justice, but it is, it is so good. And any fans of resident evil or survival horror, or just want to get a little bit creeped out and have some fun feeling like you can be pretty helpless at times. This is, this is a great game to jump in at. It's 60 or 70 bucks at JB. Um, so you can get it for pretty cheap already. And you're going to have easy, 14 15 hours minimum worth of game time in this just from those two playthroughs alone then you've got obviously the the second playthrough options and then the survival mode options dlc's coming out soon for it so they're invested in in the long term capcom are really throwing their weight behind it i look forward to seeing more anyway hopefully Mm. like yeah we start seeing a real uh vamp on high quality horror Mm. yeah 100 percent. because outside of things like the evil within and and i guess you can start looking at like the um the outcast games and stuff where there's where those games there is no combat element it is constantly just hiding and running and hiding running and hiding there hasn't been this sort of standard fight um horror to this caliber in a while i don't think yeah yeah hopefully this like mm. develops anyway but i'm glad mm. that something so close to your heart actually turned out to be as amazing as you hoped it to be yeah yeah like um i'm i'm on the top of the mountain screaming all the all the positives and praise at the moment so uh (laughs) clearly clearly my video gaming year can only go down from here but we'll see what happens but at least i've started on a good note (laughs) quite the optimist yeah oh geez i am optimistic about february 14th though why is that which is the launch of 8-bit 3.0 the hashtag AT3BIT day uh, ton of content coming ton of new exciting announcements uh, February 14th keep your eyes locked to our socials because we've got a heap of cool things coming your way but something you also need to do around that February 14th day is head on over to the Australian Podcast Awards and vote for us in the popular category voting does close on February 14th so head on over to 8bit.net forward slash auspod, which is A-U-S-P-O-D, and follow the link through. Take you about probably 30 seconds, 60 seconds to sign up. Chuck us a vote in the popular category because it would mean a lot for us. 
while you're there, meaning a lot for us. Rate, review, subscribe us on all those podcast hosting platforms. Ideally, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if you don't mind, because those reviews keep those emotional lights on in our hearts. And while you're there, rate, review, subscribe, all the other great podcasts that you listen to, especially those ones in the hashtag 8 Collective. And a quick update. Fallout 76 canvas bag watch. Yeah, what's going on? I'm looking around the room. There's still no sign of it. I want to confirm that he actually physically looked around his room. <laughs> I'm committed to the beer, right? It's, it's an audio medium, Brendan. Yeah. I need like a creaky neck. Yeah. What, what sound does looking make? I don't know if there's universal sound. It's like... Um... It's like a xylophone, like a high note on a xylophone. Like, like you just kind of, I don't know. It <laughs> works in cartoons. Like the surprise look gopher sort of audio cue. So I can sort of just turn real aggressively. Mm. All right. Let's get into some news, shall we? This week's news headlines. So the first bit of news, pretty big time. Uh, Metro Prime 4 development has been rebooted from scratch. This comes via way of Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Nintendo's highly anticipated Metroid Prime 4 has been rebooted. The project, announced via a logo back during Nintendo's E3 presentation in June 2017, will now be restarted from scratch, significantly delaying its release. Nintendo has switched development teams, with the original Metroid Prime Trilogy developer Retro Studios pulled in to take charge, led by the trilogy's producer Kensuke Tanabe. A statement made by Nintendo exec Shinya Takahashi today said the company has taken the rare decision to restart the game as it had not reached the standard we seek in a sequel to the Metroid Prime series. The current development status is very challenged and we had to make a difficult decision as a development team. So, it's interesting for, for two things, I think. Um, the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is Nintendo being so open about this type of thing. Uh they're typically a very closed shop outfit. They don't like, I guess, being open with vulnerabilities or potential mistakes. But here they are on the front foot, putting their hand up saying, hey, we're pressing the reset button here uh, because we've been making some shit. So <laughs> it's, um, I, I think that's that's the most impressive thing to come out of this. What do you guys reckon? I mean, yeah. Um, like giving like full visibility. Like although they would have had to have answered to it anyway, especially if um, I mean the game didn't come out. Um, but I do appreciate that they kind of just went there on the front foot and already just said, "Look, hey, we're not happy with the content. We want to give you good content. That means we've got to restart, start mm. from the beginning." Mm. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, I'll be really honest. I don't know too much more about this. Um. Uh, but what it makes me think about is uh, it makes me think about the conversation around crunch versus delivery. And um, I wonder if this is like the best outcome possible. Like when you consider that that sort of battle of do we just work our people to the bone or we to push the release date? Um, and it sounds like they're kind of getting ahead of it early because there's no release date prior to this and maybe people were expecting one um it does sound like they're making decisions for the right reasons mm. and uh i think it's uh, i think it's a respectable decision i don't know if it goes further beyond to the point where it's just like i don't know problems with the team or, or who knows why they've pulled this team out and brought the original guys back but um yeah i, I think this is good I, i'm not a big metroid guy anyway i wasn't really this isn't on my radar um i don't know about you guys is this something that you guys are hanging out for like just cannot not really wait to play or? not really I'm, I'm sort of similar to you like it'll come out and i'll play it but i'm not sort of sitting here pining for it thinking about how nintendo now have let me down that the game that was going to come out in 2019 might not be out till potentially 2021 Don't something like that now there is a strong fan base for metro oh, yeah. <laughs> like a strong no, line out there but um I mean, imagine being that development team that's just pretty much you know they've just pulled the reins in um bringing back retro studios uh and just being like yeah you guys kind of nah mm. you're not you know you're not yeah you shut the bed a little bit there so uh <laughs> retro is coming in to wipe your ass and start this thing over again <laughs> exactly that's exactly how you would have said it yeah mm-hmm. exactly I, I don't know why old uh <laughs> yeah takahashi is now sort of a got an american sort of bogan aussie accent tied in there but you know i'm sure i'm sure um this is going to 
yeah, appease the fans. I think it's going to keep them happy. Speaking of the fans, though, I did read a lot of um, Twitter responses mostly. I didn't really dive into Reddit because that place can be a bit scary sometimes. But Twitter responses in regards to this news, um, it's actually been pretty positive. Uh, people have been back actually quite accepting um, on, you know, them pretty much fronting up and saying we want to give you something good. So this is why we're doing mm-hmm. it. So that's a positive to take out of this too, is that some of the fan base has actually been pretty damn good about it. Yeah, I just wonder as well, though, um, that if you've been running since, you know, E3 2017 and possibly, like, did Dev start from then or did it start in 2018? Do we know? I'm assuming it would have started before there or around there. So it's been, what, at least a year and a half, but typically it's probably been a year before that, before they wanted to even confirm that it was going to amount to something. Yeah, so whatever runtime they've had to date, um, like that, that's going to be a cost impact on on the final product because you've now got to accept that you're you're paying these guys and you're paying for whatever they've paid for um, the production of the now cancelled game, which now has to be factored into the next production of this game and the team and 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 how much money they have to play with and. Maybe the time frame's not going to be that much of an issue because they've done this, but um, the end result and the quality of the end result might still be impacted by the fact that they've just burned X million dollars on this and they don't quite have that money to throw at it anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, that's that's a consideration, I think. Um, yeah, like I think you bang on the money. I think it's nice to see Nintendo trying to lead from a a, a positive position especially like the switch is still selling like hotcakes like it was the highest selling console in the united states for december uh outsold the playstation 4 and the xbox uh i don't have the exact numbers in front of me but actually if you combine the xbox one and playstation 4 total sales for december they didn't even equal the amount of switches that were sold during that sort of december holiday period so you know there's still demand for it and Mm. um yeah it's it's interesting to see Nintendo showing signs of vulnerability and more of a human aspect to it, I guess, as far as the development cycle goes in some of these games. Mm. Just mm. as long as they don't delay this <laughs> this new uh, next-gen Pokemon RPG remake, otherwise there's going to be riots, I'll tell you. Yeah, that's just another different level of a fan base, it seems. Mm. <sighs> yeah, so, so the next bit of news, Netflix developing a Resident Evil TV series. This comes by a way of John Squires over Bloody Disgusting. Uh, it is a great website, by the way. It's like a horror, uh, sci-fi-based website talking games, comics, television, film. Um, it's my little go-to for all that kind of, kind of, kind of thing for horror and and, and science fiction. Uh, so Deadline has reported that Netflix is developing a Resident Evil television series. The site details: I hear the series will be a Netflix global original. German production and distribution company Constantin Film, which is behind the Resident Evil movies loosely based on the Capcom video game series, is the studio. Search is underway for a showrunner to shepherd the adaptation. They also add, no one is commentating or commenting, sorry, but I hear the plan is for the series to explain, expand the Resident Evil universe and deepen the existing mythology. I hear the series will keep the basic premise, which also served as a setup for the movie franchise. The drama series will explore the dark inner workings of, of the Umbrella Corporation and the new world order caused by the outbreak of the T-Virus. So, I am greeted with moments of pause to start with this. Uh, the fact that they're referencing that dumpster fire of a film franchise through this, they've got the same distribution company tied into it. Uh, I'm, I'm scared. I'm really scared. Um what? I thought the the Resident <clears throat> Evil movie series is one of cinema's greatest achievements. <laughs> it's up there with Glass, I do believe. Yeah, it's one of <laughs> how many of them were there? There were like nine or some shit. I like think there were seven, the, there seven, seven or eight. Far out. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So so when I think was it you, Ali, that dropped this in our chat to start with, or was I it did. Benny? Yeah. Oh, it was um, me. Yeah, when I saw that headline, I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And then I clicked through and saw that some of the old suspects uh, that, we've, <laughs> that we uh, had to deal with for this franchise for, you know, it's 10 plus years when it was on the big screen are tied into this. 
made yeah. me get a little bit scared. Um, do, do, do you hate? Is like yeah. I, oh, I, I've I've got no horse in the race here. But the thing that um I pick out of this is, and the thing I hate about TV series adaptations is when they try and like, they don't give you like the main characters you love. They give you the side characters and build their shitty stories. It's like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Kind of thing of like, <laughs> but that is a great we won't show give you thing. any of the adventures. I like that show, yeah. We, we, it might be a great show. I've never watched it, but like just the premise bores me. It's like, we won't yeah. give you all of the best parts of this. We'll give you this one little part that doesn't matter to us anymore. And we'll build around it. And yeah, we'll throw in characters that have powers because you guys like powers. But like ultimately, you just want to get back to the Avengers. You don't want to deal with fucking Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, we'll give you Iron Man. We're going to give you Iron Man's front security officer. We'll reference <laughs> Iron Man. We'll reference Iron Man through like a, a glove of his that is in a case somewhere in the back of it. Uh, I don't know, a laboratory. But we won't give you him. Yeah, like the, I hate that stuff. I really, it just bores me. And like the Daredevil, like all the um, Marvel, um, is it the Defenders? Is that yeah. what you'd call them? Like that all is of, the Defenders. They're all, every single one of those series is guilty of that shit. And I, that's the most boring parts of it to me. <laughs> I don't know, like. And those are Netflix productions. That's true, actually. I was going to mm. say, like, it's Netflix, so I have a bit of faith in it. But now you just completely, like, what sort of that. Um, I don't know. Like, as long as they stick down, like, a horror... Keep keep the horror element, because they have to. Like, it's not like you're going to make it some, like, you know, like, office corporation drama. Mm. Um, but you've got to... As long as it sticks to a horror element... I don't mind them going behind the scenes. Um, you know, creating, like, a divert like diverted timeline or storyline just make sure you have the elements in there that make it resident evil and make sure it's fucking scary and gory i'd i'd love um and it ties into a lot of stuff i've seen on the internet about it already they're like oh is this netflix's answer to the walking dead and it's like uh, that's a bit cringy but i wouldn't mind seeing them bring in like frank darabont to to sort of helm this who obviously was one of the, the lead writers and, and the person that really helped shape The Walking Dead. And those early seasons were great. Uh, and then he left and it sort of tapered off into shit. But um, hmm. yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. If, if it's going to be almost like a television version of those movies, no thank you. But because they, they can write, they can translate good to, to the screen. Like all the animated movies, like Resident Evil Degeneration, I think was the last one. Those movies are really, really good. And they tie in those lead characters you know your leon your chris's your claire's and things like that it isn't just ancillary people claire redfield (laughs) i love that i love that and i appreciate your persistence but yeah i don't know i don't know i'm i'm waiting with beta breath to see how this how this potentially translates uh just just stick to the source material as you said ali make it scary make it gory Make it sort of tense and atmospheric instead of trying to tow this action shooter with zombies attached to it. Like, mm. can, can, can I ask? And this has got nothing to do with anything you just said. Um, have you seen the new Spider-Man trailer? The oh yeah, with Mysterio in it. Yeah, Mysterio. So I'm how sorry. Do, how does that work? Because he's dead right now. Did they just like? Did they just say we can't wait till Avengers Endgame comes out? We need to like promote this now. I think so. I think and so. They just, just don't yeah. they care, hey. They're sort of jumping the shark. Jumping the shark, jumping the gun a bit. Do, mm. do, do, they just don't care, do they? No. Nah. They're like, we're going to make money either way. You know, not all these yeah. people are dying. Thanos you did w- literally take off half the universe. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought I'd just clarify that one. I wasn't sure if this was like a meta like thing that I didn't understand about yeah. Marvel. We, we all know Captain Marvel's going to roll in and Avengers Endgame and save the day and reverse the the finger snap yeah fuck all right anywho anywho this next bit of news this might be the biggest gaming news of 2019 right here farming simulator joins the world of esports with its own league and this comes via way of ign news giant software have announced a full-fledged esports league for farming simulator in europe with a total prize pool of 250,000 euros the new league will be held in the new Farming Simulator 2019 and will feature 10 tournaments across Europe. The events have progressed from bale stacking we saw in last year's Farming Simulator Championship to a competitive 3v3 mode. 
So, Farming Simulator, the game that stops a nation. The game where you don't have to pray for rain because the crops are always plentiful. Now getting into the esports realm with 250,000 euro on the table. What do you reckon? 3v3, we could start up our own little little team right now. Three Sign of us jump in. me the fuck up. I am all for this. Let's go. I'm going to get my overalls out or some Daisy Dukes. Actually, I'll leave Ooh. the Daisy Dukes to Sam. Um, and yeah, let's do this. What are the mm. Daisy Dukes? Are they boots? Uh, they're the short, the they're tiny, the short shorts. The tiny shorts. Oh, yeah. No, I'll rock those for sure. Um, <laughs> a little bit of ass hair hanging out the bottom. Just got good legs, man. It just got good pins. Um, yeah. Uh, this makes me think of Reese more than anything. This makes me think like this is a game Reese would potentially be professional at. Like this is something he could go elite at. Um, but I'll, yeah, I will happily do this with you guys. I've never done a farming simulator. I don't understand how it works. I understand there's farming involved and that it's a simulator and that's about the extent of my knowledge. Mm. So I need some guidance. It is a pain in the ass of a game to get into, I must say. Like every time I try- It takes a while. It does. It really, really does. It's really tedious and there's a lot of elements in that you've really got to get your head around. So uh, I'm all for it. Fuck yeah. Let's uh, let's get some other things in that esports realm. mm, I'm curious to see how a 3v3 mode would translate. Like is it- like who can you know plant and sow a crop quickest, or you know water your water your fruit trees, or service who's, a tractor? I don't who's know. Got, who's got the best taste in a digital orange? Is that <laughs> well three v three? So you've got three people coordinating. I'm, I don't know if it's this is bale stacking. So I don't know that, if it's that's from... another one. Oh okay then. To a competitive yeah well i guess it's just you know coordinating like three people onto one farm and then producing like maybe the highest um profit within a time mm. frame mm. yeah although that sounds like it'll take a while mm. it's interesting though it is very interesting and it's cool to see like this is such a bizarre entry into the esports world but the- these games have similar to other games we've talked about today like metro and stuff it does have a very very intense very committed fan base um you know maybe those people where they're living in a tiny studio apartment and they they, their dream is to to work out on the ranges and have a have a crop and yardage and all that kind of stuff they can live out those fantasies in games like farming simulators so you know it's it's got its place and two hundred fifty thousand euros yeah cash it's a lot of cash that's like 17 million australian dollars like that is a huge huge purse i'm sorry Solid conversion how right much, there. How much money was that, Brendan? Okay. <laughs> about 17 million, I think. Didn't carry the two times the five. Uh, yeah, about 17 million. Yeah. Or 181 billion yen. <laughs> <laughs> we can live wherever we want. We're fucking mm. billionaires, baby. Yeah. Um, or in um what's what's the currency in Africa where they've got like million dollar notes and uh, billion really? dollar notes, but that translates to like hundred bucks. No, rupees <laughs> is India. It's um oh, I'm not gonna get it. I just wanted it's, to bring up that someone's currency was rupee. Yeah, it's India. Fifty fifty two rupees to the dollar. Mm. And you know what other rate. currency is out there too? The dong. The dong. <laughs> wow. Bring <laughs> really it back. Fle- really flexing that currency knowledge <laughs> slash smut. <laughs> That's my wheelhouse right there. That's our wheelhouse right there. Sexy money. <laughs> <laughs> new t-shirt sexy money coming out oh yeah it's just it's craig making it rain <laughs> yeah, just, just rain and dongs with daisy jukes on <laughs> all right all right so speaking of money epic have been spending a lot of it the past uh couple of months epic have been doing epic things this time buying agog labs and three lateral two companies entrenched in the unreal and the uh motion cap space Agog created the Skookum script, a scripting solution and command console for creating AI, gameplay, and a high-level stage direction. And 3Lateral is best known for its digital humans technology, i.e. realistic animation and modeling of human characters. Mm. Mm. So both these companies have also done a lot of work in sort of film, whether it be animated or maybe CGI-based aspects as well. So it's it's curious to see what Epic have planned, like just sort of spitballing. What do you guys think purchases like this are going to do for epic down the line are they going to try and make a production company in cinema or stay in gaming what do you reckon just hypothetically i think um, they're staying in gaming yeah absolutely 
Um, Skookum script, uh, I was reading, it's been used in Unreal Engine, um, in the Unreal Engine since 2013. And it's a way of, um, like, scripts in general are just like an interface between a person and, and, you know, the machine to help you more easily navigate whatever software you're using. So something like this would give them greater control over how that script develops and that language develops so that if they down the line want to do something hyper-specific, they've got control of the company that lets them build that from the hardware up. Um, so that's probably like the rationale behind that acquisition. Um, I didn't realize that three lateral had worked on like rise hellblade mm. GTA five amongst a bunch of other, uh, horizon zero dawns in there. I think I saw as well. Like these guys are doing modeling and, um, all of whatever's behind that for like huge games. So this mm. is, this is this is a good good little grab, I think. Epic um, just flexing again, you know. Where where the big dogs? I think yeah. What the f- yeah? <laughs> what are they gonna buy next? You know, buy me. Like I'll sell myself to them. I don't care what I, like whatever they want me to do, mm. as long as the money's right. The I'm dream good. script. I'll, dream script. No, I, I, I can um, uh, I can cut grass real well. Good lawnmower. Um, what about cutting other people's grass? Nah, not not so good. Not so good. <laughs> I'm good at having my grass cut though. Uh, <laughs> um, what else? I got a couple of other talents. I don't know. I'll figure. Tekken. There's one. Mm. You're pretty. You're into lock picking for a little while there. I can pick a good lock. Yeah. <laughs> so long as it's a lock from like pre 1891, I can probably pick it. Uh, it turns out lock technology is not terribly sophisticated, and it's pretty easy to stop a lock picker. <laughs> Um, I won't bore you with the details, but um, yeah, what else? I don't know. That's it. Buy me, Epic, please, mm. please. So, does this mean <laughs> that Epic's just going to be starting to like unleash some like high quality games, or do you reckon that they're just going to make a realistic uh, Fortnite? <laughs> yeah, the the dance animations will never look any more real. They'll think it is just those famous rappers and B grade actors that created these dances in the game. Yeah, it's all points though. If they get that realistic engine, like Booty already looks good in Fortnite. It's gonna look great with this realistic engine. So, I'm 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 thinking we're gonna see some kind of AAA RPG based experience. That's where I'm I'm thinking. This is what you think. That's pie in the sky stuff, but that's what I'm thinking. That's yeah. They're gearing up for a big, massive full release instead of solely relying on the the free to play fortnite they're going to try and flex into something with a little bit more substance it's it's actually a really good question is what like what do they do in the next five years you know mm. like where, where where does every go do they do they just build up the shop front and they focus on that and then just take as much of that market from steam as they can or do they do they just keep going with fortnite of course they'll keep going with fortnite that thing will just run f- that'll run longer than wow i reckon fortnite uh, no, that's nah. Maybe not actually. They'll uh, they'll release a game called Month, and they'll spell it M U N T H. That's gross. <laughs> Month. <laughs> I got it. You got your dad jokes over here. Um. <laughs> anyway, it's all speculation. It's all speculation. Speculative. It's all speculative. Um. Anyway. Yeah, and so the last little bit of news is just a quick hit. Uh, Sebastian Stepien, who was the head writer for C, uh, Cyberpunk 2017... I'll start this completely again. Sebastian Stepien, who was the head writer for Cyberpunk 2077 and one of three creative directors of The Witcher 3 at CD Projekt Red, has joined Blizzard Entertainment. As reported by PC Gamer, Stepien's LinkedIn profile confirms that he is now a creative director at Blizzard after working at CD Projekt Red since 2006. So maybe a bit of positive news for Blizzard. Maybe they're going to start making good games again. Who knows? Ouch. A poor bloody CD Projekt Red. Or like, who was the head writer for Cyberpunk? That game, mm. that game's not finished. Like, hello? Mm. I'd say it's pretty close to finished. They, they said they've mm. got a pretty pretty workable build at the moment and they're just sort of polishing and fine-tuning. I can't wait for that game. My goodness, I can't wait for that game. Yeah, I hope it turns out to be the game that we want since we've waited so long for it but i've got i've got this thing in the back of my neck that's like telling me just like like don't get too excited don't get too hyped on for that one but um i mean joining joining onto blizzard for him 
from his perspective is um massive um and if they give him like full reign then um we could see some pretty cool content coming out of blizzard if they mm. let him yeah we'll see we'll see maybe uh some of those games that we've been a little bit harsh on the last few months of blizzard will start to have a little bit more substance to them now that sebastian stepian has joined the fold what games have we been harsh on for blizzard wait what i think i think we oh. trashed hearthstone a bit lately i think uh i think the whole world has been trashing wow for like the last nine months since the launch of their last expansion um That's not yeah the there's a lot That's of fans <laughs> sorry there's a, there's a lot of hatred out there for it right now there's a lot um yeah it's it's a it's it's weird at blizzard at the moment at activision blizzard it's weird um they have a lot of movement happening they just lost i think they lost their cfo to netflix in a in a sick like i don't know like a weird business deal where he ended up copying a penalty or something and netflix just paid it because they're like yeah we just want him to start now wow yeah so i don't know it's it's funny. I don't know enough about it to talk knowledge like knowledgeably about it, but I know there's a lot happening in that like comp- company structure, and it's just a shit show. <laughs> Basically, yeah. everything. You, if you just like YouTube Blizzard, um, you'll just see like video after video of angry fan <laughs> just <laughs> shitting on WoW. It's it's great. It's actually fantastic. I don't like alive. that. I like watching that stuff. You know, like it's kind of addictive watching outrage. It's outrage porn. It's just people who are outraged by completely arbitrary, you know, not important things like the mount sales or something, you know. Anyway. But every time but every time you watch one, though, you're encouraging it. So then another person makes one. You're part mm. of the problem, Sam. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so that sort of brings us to the end of episode 136 of the hungry gamers podcast is there anything you guys wanted to say or add before we close this bad boy down for another week i really hope anthem works (laughs) me too yeah yeah hopefully we'll have we'll actually have some um, hot takes on actually playing anthem but uh we'll never fucking fingers crossed if not i'm gonna just say it up front i'm probably gonna skip anthem and just stick to the division oh spicy takes gonna Gonna have to get on that origin, no, that epic storefront to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Play some Fortnite with the kids. <laughs> uh, I'll quickly say uh, again, I was on Forever Movie Boys this week. I was, um, it's just me, and Mache. Toby calls in sick because uh, he's weak, so I had to like step up and helm the co-hosting duties of that show. And I think I did a not so bad job. Um, but it's, it was, it was a great chat. It, like we thought we would struggle to get to like an hour and it ended up being an hour and 30 minutes or something. We just really went hard on Shyamalan. So, um, yeah, if you, if you see the movie and you want to hear our thoughts, go and check out Forever Movie Boys. I was going to ask if you, you're, if you guys are actually going hard on Shyamalan, do you actually look at some of his back catalog? Like, uh, so Mache, Mache did, um, at least watch Unbreakable and Split beforehand. I was uh, didn't get the opportunity, but I did do a little bit of reading about them just to like refresh my memory. Um, Marche's funny. Marche's got an encyclopedic knowledge of film. It's ridiculous. So for him, even though it's been maybe 12 years since he's seen The Sixth Sense, he could probably like write the scene, every scene, like scene for scene. He's, he's just there. Me, I just vibe off of that. And whenever something like hits me that I remember, I'll be like, yeah, that fucking thing. I'm just you curious know. if you guys ever delved into his uh, movie. The, is it called the, the Devil or Devil? It's, Devil. Is that the I've elevator one? It's, yeah. it's in an elevator. Yeah. yeah. It was okay. I, I've seen it. Is that his film? Is, is it? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure it is his film. It was okay. I'm not sure if he directed it though. That's the only thing. Yeah, I'm he sure might have produced it or something. I know he had involvement in it. I know his name was on it somewhere. Yeah. But um, I didn't mind it to be honest. L- l- little um, Little fun fact. He wrote the script for Stuart Little. What yeah. was the Great twist film. in that? Early on. House. Well, there's no that. It's not that there's a twist. It was just an early gig for him. Um, early on in his filmmaking career. Great film. Michael J. Fox voice in that little mouse. Yep. And, and uh, starring, Hugh Laurie. Uh, Hugh Laurie. Yeah. yeah, old house. House MD. Did he have a British accent or American one? American. It was an American thing. Well, you know. And Stuart Little was a mouse. Mm. Did Martin Lane play the cat? Hmm. Now, you, now you're testing my knowledge there. 
We'll let you mull that one over until next week. But uh, yes, this has been the Hunger Gamers podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. As mentioned in the opening, please rate, view, subscribe on the iTunes or your podcast hosting platform of choice. Be sure to check out all the other talented content creators at 8bit.net or by the hashtag 8 Collective. But playing us out this week, we have the Geeks and Creeps podcast helmed by a gentleman named Reese Bernard. And it is a podcast where they talk TV, film, video games, anime, minis, tied more so into that spooky realm where they look at strange phenomenon uh, with either a discussion or interview with another co-host. And they finish it off with some even stranger stories told by the listeners. So check out Geeks and Creeps podcast on all hosting platforms and also search them on the social medias. But until next week, Epic Nation, much love. Stay hungry. Do you want to know the latest in what's happening in the world of superhero movies, sci-fi, fantasy, anime, and comics? How about a chat about some cryptids, UFOs, and things to go bump in the night? Do you want to hear some interviews with people that know more about that stuff than you do? Of course you do. I'm Boomer, and you can join me for a monthly wrap-up of geek and pop culture news, interviews, reviews, and an investigation each episode that looks at something weird and creepy, as well as real-life ghost stories and strange happenings from ordinary people. Join me on Geeks and Creeps, which can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or podcast player of your choice. Join the conversation with Geeks and Creeps Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter with at Geeks and Creeps Podcast. You can also email Geeks and Creeps Podcast at gmail.com with any weird and wonderful stories that you'd like to chat about. Can't wait to invade your earballs soon on Geeks and Creeps Podcast. Stay creepy. Listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture related podcasts from the 8 Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.